0: I'm Jeff Baumgartner with Light Reading. We're here in Denver at the Big 5G event, and I'm happy to be joined here by Gordon Mansfield with AT&T, thanks for, for being with us. Happy to be here. Yep, yeah. good, good to see people in person, you know, it's been a while. Yes. Um, you know, obviously, 5 is what we're here to talk about, so, you know, I figure we'll just kinda start big picture and uh, maybe just have you give us a little bit of a status update on your rollout and deployment of uh, 5G uh, standalone core.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So um, we're making great progress with, uh, with our standalone core. Um, you know, we're really uh, waiting for the ecosystem. Uh, so you know, when you think about standalone, uh, you want to make sure that you're you know, truly introducing uh, an experience difference and, and not necessarily taking steps backwards to get there. Uh, and so yep. right now, uh, you know, you need to have the core, you need to have the RAM, but you most importantly you have to have uh, devices. Uh, that, that can support uh, all of the different combinations and capabilities that, that give a, uh, uh, from a speed perspective, a similar experience that then you can start to build on top of uh, with lower latency and other, other uh, interesting things that come along with standalone.
0: Okay, and what's kind of, the, I mean, uh, you're waiting for the ecosystem to develop. Uh, there are signs of a lot of progress, kind of where, where do you see things, you know, where, where could it be better, you know, where are they looking great?
1: Yeah, it's it's all coming together. Uh, mm-hmm. Frankly, there's a lot of moving parts, and so getting mm-hmm. all of the parts to work together in an effective way, uh, I think as we go into next year is is really when the maturity will will start to show up to where you can start to uh, see it, uh, you know, kind of uh, at scale, right? And so so I think uh, we'll continue to we'll start slow and kind of build as the ecosystem uh, is is maturing, and, and you know, as as that happens, then I think. Uh, Applications that can take advantage of the new capabilities will will start to come as well, and that's when it becomes really important.
0: Right, and that's the next thing I want to talk about. I think you had mentioned latency, but um, I mean, what are some of the bigger, the biggest benefits you expect to gain? You know, from standalone 5G, whether it's performance, capabilities,
1: applications. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the thing that we often talk about, you know, in, in the traditional sense and all the previous Gs have been speed. Right. Uh, and the reality is, uh, the speed's there. Uh, for just about any application that you would want today, uh, what 's not there is is latency and, and from a latency perspective, um, we really need you know lower latency for that immersive experience right and so you know watching videos, sure okay you need a you, you need speed, but you don't really need latency. but if you want to have an interactive experience with that video uh, then then you've got to you know you, you, you've got to bring the latency down to where it seems natural and not clunky and, and, mm-hmm. and you know kind of uh, mm-hmm. n- not in step with whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, a little you, jarring yeah.
0: experience. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, okay.
1: uh, yeah, lots lots of things in that space. A lot of I, I expect uh, a lot of development uh, in in that space. AR overlays, things like that. Uh, on top of kind of the immersive entertainment type experience.
0: Okay, great. And I want to switch a little bit to the, kind of what's going on with Spectrum and 5G. Uh, 5G. And, uh, you know, we've been kind of trying to keep tabs on what's going on with with the C-band and um, all the, the Spectrum you're going to have um, in, at hand. Uh, what kind of progress are you making, you know, with, with, with that? I mean, we're, you know, we keep hearing about, you know, they need to clear things out, you know, get it ready for you. Um, but uh, where are you there and then uh, what are some of the challenges you're kind of faced with you know maybe in the early days when you when you start to get that put out there
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question um, you know we're we're well on our way you know site acquisition takes a little bit of time mm-hmm. uh, you know and then you've got a you, you mentioned the clearing of the spectrum itself and so uh, our first sites with uh, with that c-band spectrum uh, will be ready to go when that spectrum clears later this year um, we expect uh, next year to continue that build. Uh, we've publicly stated that we'll hit at least 75 million pops next year, uh, and then when we get into 23 is is, is where we'll accelerate that build uh, to get to, you know, that, that 200 million uh, or, or more mark.
0: Okay, and what, what, what's kind of the most attractive thing with, with C-band? I mean, it's kind of that mid-band area, but, uh, you know, for you, what do you think is, is the big
1: a- absolutely. So we mentioned already about uh, standalone core and some of the new right. capabilities and we've talked a little bit about speed. Uh, yeah. The network today uh, has got plenty of capacity uh, to serve the initial uh, implementation of these capabilities. But as you know, as the ecosystem builds and you start to have more and more usage of, of high bandwidth types of applications, you've got to have that mid band in place so that you can have wide area coverage uh, of, of that c-band and so so really you know kind of building on top of the work that we've been doing for the last few years uh, it just gives us that that incremental runway to continue to build capacity in the network to deliver uh, new and, and exciting experiences
0: okay great and then um one you know I heard the event another big topic that, that uh, has been discussed is uh, open RAN right mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, I was just checking up on our coverage. You know, back in April, you guys told the FCC intend to to roll out or start rolling out uh, open RAN equipment um, uh, into the network within the next year. So, uh, with that as the backdrop, uh, what's kind of the status update on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have hardware that's being installed in our network today uh, that is O-RAN capable. Uh, it's not running O-RAN yet, but it's upgradable, so we can uh, put software, uh, change the software to, to uh, enable that. So uh, the building blocks for O-RAN uh, are being in, put in place, and, and as uh, we're ready to, to, to start to introduce capabilities, uh, we, we feel pretty good about uh, the hardware. All right? mm-hmm. if, if you don't, you know, we got a pretty big network, if you don't start uh, building out the, the physical hardware, then it makes it pretty hard to, to, to shift
0: right, and and when you're when you're talking about that shift, how is that going to happen? I mean, is it going to be like a uh, you know a, a gradual migration you know kind of site to site? Can you
1: coexist you know
0: open RAN and and
1: previous it, generation technology? That, that, that's a really good question so um it, it will happen gradually, right it's, is we have a lot of invested uh, infrastructure into our network. Uh, yeah. us going and ripping everything out and, and, and building you know a complete new network just to get to open RAM right. probably' isn't, uh, it probably isn't the best approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our strategy will be one that, that is a transitional strategy uh, as okay. we build capabilities. Uh, we will enable ORAN capabilities on those, and we do expect that the, pr- pr- the proprietary hardware that exists today uh, can, in fact, coexist. Okay. Uh, there are some uh, some components of ORAN. Oftentimes, we probably should back up a minute. Oftentimes, people think of ORAN just as open front hall, being able to put anybody's radio with anybody's baseband. ORAN is so much more than that. You have a lot of intelligence uh, that's back in the network. Uh, and so, that intelligence that can work across kind of the, the nodes that are purely uh, open versus nodes that are still proprietary, those capabilities we see line of sight uh, to, to working well together and, and that's, where, uh, that, that's where I see the biggest bang for our buck early on uh, as, as we gradually build out the network.
0: Okay. And since, you know, you, you brought up, hey, this has, this has to be a strategic business reason, you know, you have to have one, you can't just say, we're going to do Open open RAN just to do Open RAN. So when you're thinking about the, kind of the gradual migration, you know, is there is there something particular about an area or a market that, that makes it more attractive than another to, you know, do Open RAN first and, and kind of say, well, they're on the front burner, these guys are on the back. I mean, well, what's kind of the gaining factor for that?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's an excellent question. So... Uh, from an ORAN perspective, um, you, have, uh, you have components called uh, a RIC, a, a radio intelligent controller. Uh, then you have components called an SMO. Uh, and, and on top of those, you can actually run third-party apps. And so when you start thinking about closed-loop applications that can run on top of your infrastructure, it allows you to bring a lot more intelligence that allows you to, uh, in a more automated fashion, uh, manage the capacity in the traffic within your network uh, okay. to, to deliver on an experience. And so if you think in a dense urban environment, in fact, we're going to talk a little bit later today uh, on the subject, when, when you think about a dense environment, you know, that's where your interference is greatest. Yeah. And so if I can have a best of breed of applications, it doesn't now have to be from my radio vendors themselves, that can run in a closed loop fashion. That, that kind of optimizes and helps me manage that interference, that gets more capacity uh, out of the network to deliver on the promise of, of, of the experiences that 5G will deliver, that's that's the strategic value okay. uh, of, of the capabilities.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot going into these decisions, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like, well, let's do this market because they're they're first in line. Yeah, there's a lot of reasoning behind it. Absolutely. Okay. Great, and then, um, you know, I, I cover a lot of the broadband industry, particularly from the wired side, and uh, you know we've been uh, keeping tabs on AT&T's activity with fiber build out. You know, getting yeah. pretty aggressive. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that obviously, you know, we also kind of fit that in with with mobile, and the network, and service convergence. But um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of the vision at AT&T for converged wireline, wireless network, and and you know, how they're going to coexist, work together, or, yeah. or stay apart, you know, I guess depending on the situation. Yeah, no, that's
1: that's a great great point. By the way, I own the Converge Network from the broadband side as well. And okay. so right. uh, it's, it's not a coincidence that from mm-hmm. an at and perspective, we've actually brought the technology from a RAN perspective together with the technology from a broadband perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and, and so when we think about even the transport that we're building today for our 5G network, or we think oh. about the fiber that we're building for our broadband network, right. we have a common topology, right? We've built capabilities to, when we're laying fiber, I can use that fiber, I can peel it off and use it for 5G, or I can peel it off and I can use it for broadband. If you take it a step further and you think about kind of that converged strategy, anytime you have fiber, fiber is always going to deliver, and when I, in this case, fiber for the last mile, fiber is always going to deliver a superior experience. And so if it's cost effective for us to get fiber to a consumer's home, then we're gonna deliver fiber to make sure that we're giving them the best possible experience that we can within the the investment thesis. Now there are some scenarios where where it's just frankly cost prohibitive to get fiber to every one of those homes. And so now having 5G as a backdrop that allows you, and in this case think more less dense areas, having 5G to be able to deliver you know, a lot of that same promise—that's where the value comes in. And so I can now create, you know, a hybrid network that allows us to use fiber where fiber is appropriate and use 5G where 5G is appropriate.
0: Right, and you know, we've also been trying to keep tabs on where fixed wireless is going. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, seems like some, you know, strategically, it's, uh, some are being some companies are a little more aggressive than others, mm-hmm. uh, more targeted versus more blanket. Yep. Yeah. So where, where, where are you guys fitting in on that?
1: We'll be more targeted. Uh, so, so uh, again. and again, that's what I mean with yeah. that last mile. If, yeah. if, if I can get fiber uh, to somebody's home, it is going to be a superior service yeah. to anybody that's delivering 5G to that same home. Okay. Now, if you don't have fiber, right, and it's cost prohibitive to get fiber to the home, 5G will deliver a good experience, right? And it comes down to scale, right? If you have, if you think about here in Denver, Downtown Denver, where you have a high density of users, if everybody was trying to get their broadband from fixed wireless, it wouldn't be very impressive. Right. However, if you go into the outskirts of Denver, where maybe fiber's not to every home, 5G will probably deliver you know, a, you know, a good experience of, of several hundred meg to, to, to those folks, and, and you know, over time with more spectrum, even a gig. Um, but it's, it's a matter of density of subscribers all trying to compete for those assets.
0: Okay. Great. Well, thank you for taking all my questions. We covered a lot of ground, but I appreciate uh, all your answers and and, uh, glad you could join us here today. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. All right. Thank Thank you.